Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Korma Date Coffee, the healthy alternative to coffee. This delicious date coffee has the health benefits of giving you natural energy, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Best of all, Korma is caffeine-free. No jitters, no anxiety, and no afternoon crash. Go to KormaCafe.com, that's K-O-R-M-A-C-A-F-E.com, and enter discount code BORNUNBREAKABLE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. 2022 is already flying by. I I can't even believe it. I I just, with each day, I'm like, wait, what? What day is it? I'm still, you know, practicing writing 2022. (laughs) And I have such an incredible guest today. We're going to have an amazing conversation. I have Elizabeth Thorne with me. She is the creative director and co-founder of Sherpa Way Marketing. And she helps people to do better to evolve their brands. And with things like digital marketing, sometimes scary things that people are like, what do I even do to get my stuff out there and get people to love it and want to buy it or use it? And it's uh, something I think every person today is in the digital space. Even if you wanted to reject it, and stay away from it. It is it is here. <laughs> it is evolving and it's here to stay. So we're lucky to have people like Elizabeth who help people with that. But as I've gotten to know Elizabeth, there's so much more about her. And you know, we started having a conversation and she's well traveled, I discovered. So everything from Madrid to Bali, the United States, and she actually lives in Colombia, home of coffee, Pablo Escobar, <laughs> like right. a bunch of other cool things. Um, I'm not saying Pablo Escobar is cool. I think his story is really cool. We could we could have a whole other podcast about that. <laughs> I know, there's a whole, <laughs> I'm into crime and I'm also into like cartel movies and stuff. Right. So, yeah. yeah, that's definitely its own podcast episode. But Elizabeth, just thank you for taking the time to have this conversation today. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to to chat with you and your listeners. And yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, one of the things I had, um, you know, learned about you is your passion for for storytelling, as obviously you're in the marketing space, and that is a big aspect of it. But uh, I think the first place we have to start is your story. (laughs) I'd love to learn more about your story. And obviously, then what led you to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, so I originally studied film. It's kind of like my passion since I was very young. I, I was like always the person in school. I feel like people knew me as like the girl who liked movies, the girl who was going to be like the next Steven Spielberg. Um, so I moved out to, to L.A. to go to UCLA and eventually got into the film school there, which 
highly competitive and I was, you know, very excited about it. And I think as soon as I started it, I just was not happy. You know, it was very clear. We had a professor on the very first day who said, if you are not willing to give, you know, like 150% of yourself in this endeavor, this is not the place for you to be. And I remember very vividly that day thinking that I'm not ready to do that, but surely it will change over time, you know, and it just, it didn't. I graduated and it was very fun. The friends that I made and the experiences that I had at film school were fantastic, but I graduated and worked in that industry for a couple of years um, and just got more and more unhappy, I think, with each year. And it just became very clear that it wasn't for me. And I think um, had a, a, a few traumatic experiences while I was living in L.A. in about 2013, 2014, fell pretty deep into depression, um, drinking a lot, was doing a lot of drugs. It just I mean, it got to the point about 2014. It was like suicidal and. I just remember calling my mom and saying, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to like, I, I can't do this anymore. And I think admitting that out loud was kind of the first step and being like, you know, this obviously is not working, whether it's the specifically the city of L.A., whether it's my job or it's me, you know, as well. I think as you and I probably both know, it's it is us um, can't really blame it on any city or job specifically or career choice. Um, but I think that was kind of like the catalyst in me deciding to do something, you know, it was either at that point, you know, like end it all or make a change. And I'm very grateful that I did decide to make a change. And that change was quitting my job, deciding to move to Thailand. Um, I didn't really have a plan. You know, I was, I was like, I, I, I'll go for three months. I will clear my head. You know, I think as we all kind of think that that's when you start any transformative journey, as you know, kind of like manifesting spiritual journeys, I think when you're very new to it, you're like, okay, cool, a month, three months, and then I'll be good. Like, I'll be good for life. I'll have learned everything yeah. I need to learn, you know. Um, and that's kind of with my soul. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll. I'll just be, you know, reborn, and that's it. That's all the work I have to do, and then it stops, and I'll be fine. Um, I'll have all the answers. Um, oh yeah. So that's what I did, and I went to Thailand. The original idea was to go for three months, and that was almost seven years ago now. And I just have never moved back to the states, and. Um, to support myself in Thailand, I did start. I always had an interest in freelance writing. And so obviously kind of like as a traveler, digital nomad, at that time, a lot of people were starting freelance careers. And so I did start freelance copywriting and that sustained me for a little while um, while I was living abroad. And then the next year I moved to Colombia and kind of did the same thing and built a little bit more of a freelance career and ended up meeting a man in Colombia here who is now my husband. Um, I think him and I very had from the start had a very kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Like I think our union and our relationship is very, like I think we work very well together, working together and creating things. And um, we started our first business in 2017. It was like a coffee subscription box um, because we live in the coffee region. It was a, I think, kind of a beautiful union of his culture and my culture. And so the idea was to film the stories of the coffee farmers and export that with the coffee to the States. So Americans can kind of, you know, in my head, it was like, let's bridge the gap between my culture and his culture and then sell that to the world. And the idea I think was really cool. It was a fun experience. Um, ultimately, I don't think there was necessarily a market need for it. And we just found that we had gotten burnt out from launching that really quickly and took a step back in about 2019. And we're like, okay, if we could start over again, launching a business what would we do differently? What did we need to learn that we didn't know? 
And that kind of led us to, to digital marketing and, and online digital strategies. Even back in 2019, now more than ever after the pandemic, but even back in 2019, it was still a big deal. And so as we learned more about that, I had experience with copywriting and I had experience with kind of SEO and other areas of digital marketing. And he kind of did as well from his previous job. Um, it, it kind of just fell into place. And so we started what is now our current business, which is like a marketing agency, a digital agency, um, strip away marketing. And yeah, I think over the course of doing that, um, I've been able to lean into my passion of storytelling and, and infuse that into whether that's a brand or like a person who wants to grow their personal brand. Or I think in general, it's just been a, a great way for me to tell stories. And I think as I grow on this journey of being an entrepreneur, I find other things, as I'm sure you have, that are attractive to me, you know, like coaching one day is interesting to me. Um, speaking is, is interesting to me. Helping yeah. other people kind of do what I've done at this point is interesting to, to me. Yeah. I love everything. Everything, <laughs> Elizabeth. You know, I the, the one of the first words that popped into my mind listening to you tell your story is explore and adventure. I think sometimes we have a very linear way of looking at the world. It doesn't matter if you grew up in Colombia or if you grew up in America, there is a way that you're taught, mm -hmm. you know, you do X and then you get Y and so forth and so on. But the way it actually works <laughs> is Not sometimes all. we chase after things that we thought we wanted, realized we didn't, have to rejigger things, go in a new direction. But I think that's the beauty of it. You have to explore because sometimes the traditional path, the conventional thinking needs to be challenged. And, and then you find so much more than you ever bargained for, especially in your, in your story, travel was a big part of it, you know? And, and I'm sure, or I can just imagine that it gave you perspective just being in other cultures and how that influenced the world of possibilities because our world where we grow up is only about this big you yeah. know and the actual world is so much larger so you know you being able to see different places well part of it i'm sure was the questions of your spiritual journey was also the actual journey of getting outside of your comfort zone Absolutely. And I Especially think, coming out of LA. <laughs> yeah. And that's not for me. I mean, I, I recently spoke with a family member and he had said, if I could pick one word to characterize your childhood and how you were during your childhood, it would be fear. And I, I did grow up. I was such a scared child. I'm, I think, naturally an introvert, which I think adds on top of everything. But I going outside of my comfort zone is not easy for me. You know, I'm not, I, I didn't grow up naturally adventurous. We didn't travel when I, when I was a kid. Um, it just wasn't something I was exposed to. And so I think part of that was me just pushing past my own fears time and time again with each new kind of destination. Um, but I do agree. I think like what you're saying, and I, I think a lot of, you know, entre entrepreneurs have experienced other cultures or have at least like explored their own minds or their own consciousness. You know, I think, being an explorer is being an, that kind of is what entrepreneurship is. Right. And yeah. I think it just enriched me and continues to enrich me in a way to where, you know, I get to see things from other people's point of views. And I want to constantly do that. You know, that's kind of the goal for me is to never stop evolving. And, you know, if I can listen to somebody else 
with a different point of view or a different solution. And, and that helps even if it doesn't. And I don't take everything from that story that they've shared with me or their strategy or their, you know, solution. Mm-hmm. It's still of service to me because I can take part of it and, and you know, pick and choose what I, I want to continue to be a part of my journey. Yeah. And I, I had a conversation recently with another entrepreneur and he was talking about this uh, analogy of a buffet. And I think it's it's really brilliant because that's so many aspects of our lives. We we have this buffet of things, but you're not you're not going to eat everything. I've tried that before, and it's not a good idea. You just mm-hmm. you keel over. It's not good. So you do you choose the things that work for you that that you want to learn from the areas that you you know that you have more ability to to get further in, and. And that's the beautiful thing about learning from other people and their experiences and their journeys, right? Yeah. So I have to ask you, because that's a pretty big shift, going back to where you started, right? Film school, Absolutely. like Steven Spielberg's movies, yeah. <laughs> and then digital Thailand. marketing. Yeah. yeah. Why Thailand? Like, what was the draw? I get that question every time I tell that story. And it's the same answer. And I've thought about it, like, in therapy, in meditation, I just, and you might appreciate this as well. I really just think that my heart or my spirit was pulling me there. I think that there were lessons that I needed to learn, maybe not specifically in Thailand where I was in the city that I was, but in that region of the world, somewhere extremely far away, entirely different from the culture that I grew up in. And it was, I mean, when we first got there, we got sent to a city that had like a one seven eleven and just roosters. Like it was just, I mean, it was, it was entirely different from where I grew up, especially having just left the plane kind of like from Los Angeles. And so I just think, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't have, a, I just, I was always attracted to it. And I kept coming back, like, what are the options? Like, what can I do to get myself out of here um, mm-hmm. in LA and Thailand came up time and time again. And I was like, let's, I'll go there and I'll try it. And I do think at that time in 2015 as well, that, um, back, which was almost yeah, seven years ago now, um, travelers, like people who were like quitting their job to kind of like embark on a spiritual journey, which mm-hmm. wasn't the goal. I wasn't like, I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and embark on a spiritual journey. <laughs> I didn't really know what, what was ahead for me, you know, good yeah. thing I didn't know either. Cause I think it would have been overwhelming to know like what, <laughs> what I was, well, about was at the other end of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people at that time, a lot of young travelers like like myself were heading over to Thailand. You know, it was very cheap for somebody who was in their early 20s. It was very open. There were a lot of activities, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, opportunities to meet other similar people doing same thing. And so I think that was also attractive. It's, it's amazing because for for it to be described that you had fear, this seems like a pr- pretty fearless thing to do. Like as far as just, you know, overcoming something and just taking a big, huge leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you, it's, you can't get any farther, you know, than that, or, you know, that far part of the world and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time to get there. Yeah. A whole lot of thinking I'm sure you did on the, on the. Oh God. Sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough to get on the, I think when um, I was depressed and suicidal, I remember calling my mom once and she was like, if it's okay, if you, if you take it minute by minute, if that's what you have to do to get through today, take it minute by minute. And I remember getting on the plane and I've done that ever since. And that has always stuck with me when I feel fear, it's like, okay, put one, literally, if you can just put one foot in front of the other, 
I got on the plane, you know, and that was hard for me. I almost the night before was like, I can't do it. I'm going to lose my, I, I don't care. I'll cancel the flight. This is not for me. And it was, you know, I wake up, I brush my teeth and it's like, okay, I brush my teeth. Now let me, <laughs> right. it's like, and then sometimes that's what you need to get over fear. And that's, yeah. that's fine. I think the whole point is that you eventually do do it and whatever yeah. it takes to get you there is fine. And so I, I put one foot in front of the other and got on that plane and the rest, I guess, really is history. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, there's some days where you're like, can I even get out of bed? Can yeah. I even do that? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, and it's hard. Yeah, it's tough. There are just some hard, hard days. But, you know, coming to this space, because people are probably looking at this episode thinking marketing, yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to learn a thing or two. Um, well, so I have to, I want to paint the picture of the landscape or the landscape as, as coach does sees it <laughs> because there's a lot of different things, but well, here's what I can say. Um, pre pandemic, right? So we're talking 2019, like mm -hmm. you just mentioned, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're already, we're already moving into the digital age. I mean, everything, you know, is online and your success is built from your ability to do, to do anything in the, in the digital world. Awesome. I think the exponential growth of that has only intensified over the course of now, you know, two plus, two plus more years yeah. because everyone was pivoting. They're pivoting because whatever they were doing before, they had to take it online because you didn't have a choice. The government across the world, not just a country, not just a region, but the entire globe was like, stay home, people. Yeah. Do it. You will be sick and there's not a cure yet. And even now there is a you know vaccine and that's yeah. still doing its thing, right? So... <clears throat> It's like prime time <laughs> for yeah. marketing because I I can't imagine, and I would love to do a little bit more of this research of like how many small businesses or new businesses started over the course of the last 24 months. Oh, yeah. It's probably like insane, the number of businesses. But with that entrepreneurial spirit, I think is it's a little messy because you everybody, so the first question people say is what problem is out there that I have the skills to solve, the knowledge to solve, that somebody would pay me to help them solve that problem. So the starting point, it seems pretty practical, like, okay, but then you get to the how and that's where it starts getting more yeah. complicated. Yeah. You're like, there's so many, wait, do I need a website? Crap. Do I know how to make one of those? Right. Who do I call for that? Somebody to, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, I need that. Oh, people, they need to pay for my stuff. How do they do that? Right. What's the, isn't there like an integrated thing you have to do yeah. so people yeah. click buttons and like, there's a shopping cart, you know, like what, there's, there's so many, there's just all these steps. And then today, the other element is that <clears throat> you have to have, uh, with going to branding, it's like, you're following You're, you know, do you have an Instagram? Can we follow your stuff? And, you yeah. know, it's, it's such this place that you, it's like you have to be anywhere or you're nowhere. And, yeah. and you're like, do I have to make a TikTok? Should I dance about my product? <laughs> like, is yeah. that going to sell them? So, you know, so that's kind of what, you know, in a nutshell, <laughs> what, yeah. what I think, you know, we're all seeing. So as it pertains to what you do, 
what are the top challenges that you see in marketing and how do you help people solve those? That's a good question. I, I do agree with you where I think nowadays you really can't get by without being online in some way, shape or form. Um, and I do think that has been exponentially accelerated by the pandemic, obviously just kind of everything that you described. I think the biggest challenges that we see are people who, I think first and foremost, it's people who just don't have the time to invest in that. I think, uh, and, and, and I, I kind of agree with that as a business owner, I don't think that you should be investing your time in marketing. I think that you should, you should, you know, focus on whatever area of the business is your specialty. Like you said, I, I, first want to identify what is like what kind of expertise do I have and what problem am I solving and how can I kind of package that into an offer or service or product for somebody else and I think that's the first big step and a lot of people are able to identify that and that's great like I think for people who have those specific areas of expertise they should focus on that you know if somebody wants to develop an uh, fintech app and they're very into the fintech space and that's kind of the expertise they have they don't need to be wasting their time and energy on learning how to market themselves on Instagram. You know, I think that that detracts from their special power. And I think we all kind of have those special um, abilities and qualities about ourselves and the expertise and the experience, you know? Um, so I think the first thing is, is just the biggest thing that we find is that people are trying to manage everything. And I think that's a big mistake, you know, focus on your business, focus on what your specialty is and let other experts take care of it. Um, I think that's part of the big reason why we failed in our first business is because we were trying to do everything. I was trying to manage our Instagram and we were trying to, you know, focus on product design. And we were also trying to talk to the FDA about exporting coffee. And it was just kind of like doing everything all at once and you end up doing nothing really well. Um, and so what we kind of bring to the table with that failure for our clients is the expertise of being able to say, you focus on exactly what you need to focus on and we focus on the rest. We will build your brand for you. We will tease out that story for you. You know, we will make sure that whatever story you're telling is attracting the right audience that you want to attract. I, how think, I was going to say with story, how important is the story? I, I mean, as you know, as a coach, I'm sure it's, it's, it's everything. Like what is the difference between when it comes down to it, like in pure product, what's the difference between I mean, Nike and Adidas really is they're both shoes, right? That the, the key difference is in the marketing and the brand and the story that they've created around the brand, the business, right? And they've, they've created a brand, they've created a story uh, and they continue to kind of like cultivate and evolve that story as, you know, over decades and decades and decades as their audience changes and evolves as well. And so I think people without a real story behind their brand, you know, I think we are all pretty much digitally native these days, even those of us who didn't grow up with, you know, smartphones. And I think consumers are able to, to kind of feel when brands are being disgenuine or when they don't have a story behind it and they just want to sell a product. You know, I, I obviously work in this space, but I don't resonate at all with brands who are just like selling and selling and selling. It's like, well, if you try to sell to me and you say that this, you know, food product comes from your grandma who grew up in Hawaii and it's infused with like this, like she makes it while she listens to the songs that she, it's like, that's, that's what I'm going to connect to. I want to invest in a brand like that. I want to purchase from a brand like that because I'm purchase. I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with the story. You know, I think it's, 
truly, truly at the core of everything we do today, whether that's marketing or not. That's just the world we live in. We all resonate with story. I think that that's what connects us, you know, centuries and centuries ago from the beginning of time. That's kind of like what makes us human. Yeah, it's so true. I, I could not agree with that more. I think um, I, I love your point, though, about staying in the lane that you're good at, you know. And that's not to say you can't branch out, right? Like, I think right. it it, it, you obviously can explore and you should explore other options. But like for you as a, I mean, you obviously have found exactly kind of what your calling is and what your, your little special power is. Not that it's little, but like what, you know, that deep inside of you, it's kind of, it takes away to, it takes time to chip away at that. Right. And that's kind of like yeah. what spiritual journeys are about or what entrepreneurial journeys are about is slowly bit by bit. And I'm sure that that will evolve, you know, and then in 10 years from now, you probably won't do it, be doing exactly the same what you're doing now, but it will be similar and you'll get closer and closer to kind of like your core passion and your core, you know, ability that you have to share with the world and give other people. And I think that that's because you're willing to tell your story and you're willing to continually evolve your story. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And I think that we giving ourselves the permission to evolve is so important. Oh yeah. You know, we, I think we resist ourselves and that's the biggest challenge Yeah, is our, our, our self is telling us something, but the world is saying this other thing and you're trying to fulfill what you think is going to appease, satisfy, you know, a person, an entity, a whole community. Right. And you feel, you feel empty. You feel still. it though, don't you? I'm sure you do. You, do you find that a lot with your clients Gosh. that you coach? I mean, it's, it can become quite obvious quite quickly when yeah. somebody's kind of out, out of alignment with like extremely out of alignment. That's what really, I believe what happened to me in LA. Mm -hmm. I was depressed and suicidal because I was just so far out of alignment with what I actually wanted to do. And it manifested itself in, you know, um, mental health disorders and, yeah. you know, physical ailments and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's okay that we have different chapters. What I see in coaching when people come to me, it's they're coming because of misalignment. Mm -hmm. There's something off in the universe, you know, and that is, is, and, and a lot of it too is because there's an attachment to who we've become mm -hmm. because our identity is wrapped in something that we've done for so long. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter if that something is often it's a job just because you spend so many hours of your life doing that. And when you do it over and over and over again, and all of a sudden you wake up and it's been 15 or 20 years and you change your mind, you resist that of like, well, no, 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 no. Like, this is what I chose. This is what I need to do. This is, I've committed to this. I'm going to let people die. I mean, it's this whole thing that you go through, even though you're, everything is telling you. Yeah. It's time for a change. It's okay. It's fine. Like we just, human nature, we don't like change. Yeah. You the brain know? Is, is fascinating, right? It's, it's yeah. <laughs> all the synapses and uh -huh. chemicals that are going on in there are all getting discombobulated, trying to, you know, figure stuff out. And, yeah. and, um, but I do think that's why there is this draw when people want to discover more about themselves, you know, to a spiritual, even if you're not religious, 
something about, you know, meditation or being with yourself to listen mm -hmm. to what you, what it, to listen to yourself um, and, and being totally satisfied with you being the owner of your destiny and having peace with that and not having to defend it, justify it, explain it to someone because we go there so quickly yeah. of like, okay, how am I going to explain? Mm -hmm. But why do you have to? Like who said you did? I mean, you know, I, I, I just, I think we fear going back to what you, you talked about comes because we're thinking of our response to everything. Yeah. Instead what, of just, what would you do if you didn't have to, like if there was nobody else in the world and you could just do whatever you wanted to do, you didn't have to explain to your mom or your spouse or your best friend, you know, your decision, what would you yeah. do, right? Exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> things would be a lot easier if we didn't yeah. have to, you know, if we didn't have to explain ourselves. And I think we're, we are bound and sometimes burdened by expectations. Absolutely. And then being unmet on some some part, um, you know. And I'm glad this is kind of a PSA, you know, a public service announcement, because you did mention depression, depression, and you did mention that you 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 thought about suicide. I have been there myself. I will fully admit that there's been more than one occasion where I've had those kinds of thoughts, and it was challenging. And I did phone a friend yeah. and phone a therapist and yeah. did everything that I could do. But I actually recently. Um, lost a friend. I, uh, I'm in a mastermind group. <clears throat> awesome group. I've been doing it since actually the beginning of the uh, pandemic. It was, well, it was right before it happened, 2020. So now I'm going on two years. I think it's like my two year anniversary probably, um, of being in this mastermind. And it's, it's helped me a lot because sometimes you just, you don't think you need community. <laughs> the one thing you do need is community, awesome. a place where sometimes you have the highest highs, but sometimes you have the lowest lows and you need a place um, where people can lift you up and remind you like entrepreneurship and all this stuff is not easy and we're, we're in it together kind of thing. And um, anyways, this, this young man who is a, a beautiful man um, was in the group and he felt like he was weighing the group down yeah. because of the stuff, right? Because we all have stuff in our trunk. And so that was one of probably other reasons why he decided to leave, you know, of like, I, I just don't want to put my stuff on people. Yeah. And I think a lot of us feel that way, like, ah, nobody Absolutely. wants to put my stuff, like, oh, you know. And um, anyhow, you know, his life went on and he, he made this decision. And I think he put some thought into it from what I could ascertain. And that just made me so sad. It just made me yeah. be like, oh man, we have to connect more. And again, it's not, it's not to say that, you know, you know, one conversation or something maybe would have changed his decision. But I think that just as people, as human beings, because we're meant to err, because we have this broad spectrum of feelings yeah. and emotions and we're complex creatures, probably the, just the most complicated creatures on the planet, we, we have to be there for each other. Yeah. And I think that that starts with like me admitting, you know, I didn't talk about it. I didn't use the word suicide for so long. Um, 
but like me just admitting that I struggled with that. And like you said, you admitting that you struggled, like the more that we hear that other people feel the same way, I think the more that we're able to connect and be like, okay, this, this is not something wrong with me. It's, it's just the human experience. It's the nature of being a human being with a human brain and, and human emotions. Right. And I think the more that we can express that, the more, like, like you said, it's not like that, just me expressing that would have been, you know, enough for somebody like that to be like, Oh, I feel, you know, I'm better now, but little by little, I think us being vulnerable about our human experiences is mm -hmm. what helps us understand that like, it's okay. Like you said, to go through chapters sometimes it's necessary. I wouldn't say that it's necessary to suffer, you know, like mm -hmm. some people do, but it's just, I think the more that we can be open and vulnerable about that is, is it's so beneficial to all of humanity. Mm -hmm. And and I think even in, when I think about marketing, because there's some huge brands out there. I mean, and I've always appreciated when I've seen big companies and big brands admit the the challenges yeah. that they've gone through. Because you do have a choice. You know, there's some stuff that can happen and you can totally cover it up yeah. and just downplay what's going on. Or you can be honest and say, didn't exactly make the right choices. Here yeah. we are. You might, and, and, the, and the reality is, yeah, you might lose some people, you know, some people, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, right. you know, but I, I think that, I mean, I, I personally have always appreciated that because it, it just shows that even the best of the best of the best can make mistakes yeah. in, in there, yeah. you know, you know, things that happen. And it almost makes me feel like they're more real. You know, if you hear like Mark Zuckerberg had a difficulty today or something yeah. or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos is, you know, troubling through something, it's like, oh, okay. They're like so me. You, yeah. Like, you know, you, yeah. you do have struggles and challenges. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would imagine that in marketing, that's like a crossroads sometimes companies or even individuals have to go through is. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the biggest struggles too, that we find with people is wanting to hold that back, you know, in expressing their story and in expressing their journey. And like you said, I connect with brands more when they're honest and open about their failures or being, you know, making a mistake. And as an entrepreneur, I think that I'm sure, you know, it's not fun. A lot of the, I mean, it is fun, but a lot of the time it can be not fun because you do kind of always have to, there's nobody, there's not a company. I am the company, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, dang like it. yeah, I, there's no fallback. There's no, oh, well, uh, the department head said this and it's company policy. It's like, that's my responsibility. If, if somebody, if one of our freelancers does something wrong in a project, or if, you know, if, if something goes wrong, it's on me and I have to take responsibility for that. And I am grateful, I think, for entrepreneurship, for allowing me the chance to cultivate that sense of responsibility and resilience and just being like, I messed up. You know, we messed up. This is this is on me. I'm, I'm really sorry. We're going to I'm going to try to make it right. Um, but like, I'm not going to try to lie and blame it on somebody else. And I think there's some there's a lot of strength in that. And I think as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of strength in that. But for brands as well, like you said, uh, brands just being human. There's a um, a big thing like a shift this year in in marketing where there's like B to C, which is business to consumer, and then B to B, which is business to business. And then um, they're talking a lot about this year is like B to H, which is business to human, right? I'm not I'm not selling to my consumer. I'm selling. I'm not even trying to sell. 
I'm literally just trying to tell a story that connects with another human being. And so marketing, I think, is becoming more and more. It's just pure storytelling. Like, what story am I telling you to make you understand that you could benefit from this service or this product and being genuine in that, like, I, I don't want to work with clients who don't really need our services. Like, I'm not I'm not interested in selling to a company who is struggling to make ends meet and who I know wouldn't benefit from like an SEO strategy. That is not in my best interest. That doesn't make me feel good. I'm not trying to just sell to a consumer because it's B2C and I know that these are the steps that I need to follow. I'm trying to connect with another human being because I want to tell their story. I want their brand to thrive. Like I want them to find independence in owning their own business, whether that's, you know, a small one person business or a 50 person business. Mm-hmm. I want that for them. And I think that, that when you're authentic and genuine in entrepreneurship, I think it, it shows quite a bit. But I think mm-hmm. the same goes for marketing as well. That's, I think, something that I try to relate to our clients is is I do get to know them or I would like to get to know them over time on a, on a personal basis. You know, like we don't have to be besties, but yeah what 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 kind of hardship did you go through like that's that's what people want to know about people want to know where your brand came from because we're not buying from brands and we are buying from brands we're not buying from like corporations anymore we're buying largely from people like another human being what can you teach me that's a value and what can i give you back that's a value kind of a thing and i think there's a lot of strength in just being vulnerable and honest and authentic whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're you know engaging in a hundred thousand dollar marketing strategy So one of the questions I think that somebody would have listening, and sometimes it might be hard to admit this question because it is attached in some ways to your pride, is money, right? Mm -hmm. So when people think marketing, they're like, it's going to cost money. Like, I don't have that much money right now. (laughs) Like, you know, or... Or if I, it's like, you know, there's only so many priorities that you can fulfill. And, um, you know, what do you tell somebody when they are starting out, they have a limited budget and they have to be thoughtful about where they spend their dollars and what's going to get them the most yield? What do you tell that person? Uh, I will say that I think that that's probably the number one objection in this industry, even with companies that have like, you know, 50 employees and and budgets specifically for marketing, not just a solo entrepreneur who's just building their brand. It's it's across the board. I think one of the biggest objections that people have towards marketing. Um, And I think when it comes to somebody who's just starting out, like I said, I have no interest in selling somebody something that I know that's not going to really benefit their brand. And so when we speak to them and whether that's like your listeners in a general sense or somebody who comes to me for like a consultation, it is kind of figuring out like, where do you want your brands? I think first it's uh, working to identify, okay, from now in six months and in 12 months, how are you looking to grow your brand? Like, do you have like actual specific goals? And a lot of times I think people don't, they don't really do that. Um, They don't think that far ahead or they don't believe that it's feasible. And so I'm like, okay, Wildest dreams. Tell me in six months, where would you like to be? And in figuring that out, I think it's a lot easier to understand the steps that you need to take to get there. And so if that's just not kind of in the budget right now, what I do for them is give them tips that can help them get to the budget. And so it's like, okay, well, you don't really need, you know, 10 blogs a month for your SEO strategy, but here's maybe something that you could do that's going to help you grow little by little that when you do have the budget, it's a it's to, it'll help you get to the budget that you need to start investing in yourself. 
I will say that there comes a point I've had to learn on my entrepreneurial journey as a business owner. There does come a point where you have to invest back in your business. And I think for people, I grew up without a lot of money. Like money for me has been something that I've really had to overcome, like my mindset around money. Mm -hmm. I think for other people specifically who grew up in those conditions, it's so hard to let go of money, specifically when you don't know there's going to be 100% for sure return on it. Um, I think the biggest thing that we have to help other people overcome, though, is that, okay, maybe you don't need it right now. In six months, when you get to this point, and I can give you a milestone marker so you know kind of what that point is, when you get to this point, you're not going to be able to grow anymore if you don't start investing. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, $2,000 a month even. It can be as, as little as okay, maybe you don't have enough money for our services, but you can start Facebook ads, right? Put $100 a month behind Facebook ads and little by little you grow. And it's fine to take those baby steps. It's often necessary to take baby steps towards that. Um, but I think it does get to a point where people do have to invest in their business if you want to grow. It's like investing in yourself, whether that's going to therapy or getting a coach. At some point, you have to invest back in yourself. It's like a, like a garden, right? Like you can't just plant a seed and water it one day and then just hope that it's going to grow. It's a constant kind of watering and, and cultivating over time that growth. Um, and so I think yeah. if you don't have the budget now, it's fine. Look for somebody who can give you actually like actionable tips that you can follow to help you increase your revenue enough to get to the point where you do have that budget. And then mm -hmm. don't be scared to invest it back right into yourself because for business owners, especially small business owners, your business, you know, I don't know if you should necessarily identify as your business, but it is an extension of you. I mm -hmm. believe that when we invest, we just spent a lot of money on a, uh, a really good course for um, SEO. And it was like, it was a big expense. And I think for me still growing up, it was like, uh, like without money, every time I spend that much money, I'm like, uh, like this, mm. this hurts, right? <laughs> just to like I, watch it go yeah. out. And but I, I'm, I, I agree. I, I just, I have to stack my hand on what you said because <clears throat> if I had to tally up the amount of money I've spent on my self-development, yeah. that'd probably be one of the bigger, biggest categories yeah. of, any, of any expense and the most valuable, wouldn't take it back for the world category as well <laughs> it's yeah. it it pays dividends and it's the thing that i'll continue as i personally grow or any business that i do that i will spend more money on absolutely without a doubt i totally agree yeah and i think that a lot of small business owners you know i think it might be easier somebody listening might be like well it's easier for you guys because like your brand is you essentially you know like you are a little bit more the face of your brand and like i I'm not necessarily at all and I don't desire to be the face of our brand, but, um, you know, somebody I think maybe with like, it's a different type of business. Like if they have a cafe, they're like, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to invest in my cafe. Like I want to invest in myself. And it's like, okay, that works too. You know, I would never, I would never say don't get a coach to change mm -hmm. that mindset, get a coach yeah. to, to change, you know, and I, I'm currently working on like my own mindsets. Like I said, regarding money, like where am I, putting a self-limiting belief, like where am I blocking myself from achieving that next level of success? And it's mm -hmm. like, I'm not investing in specifically like marketing tactic or software or our web design. I'm investing in me, but that goes back into my business. So while yeah. I do think, uh, you know, it's beneficial at some point, you do have to invest in marketing. If you want to invest in yourself, that's great too. But at some point you have to invest 
in your business, whether that's you as the business owner or your employees or your strategies or your actual product design, like you have to reinvest that or you're not going to grow. Yeah. The other thing I think is really fascinating and, and can be scary <laughs> when you think about your business, your brand and marketing is innovation, right? So <clears throat> because there's also competition, it's like you said, Nike, Adidas. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know anything about Nike or Adidas, you'd probably go research and figure out what story you connected with better and be yeah. like, oh, Okay, well then this, because I have no allegiance to anything. You know, every time I see a new chicken sandwich, for you vegetarians, I'm sure there's another thing that you pick that you're looking at, maybe, you know, broccoli or something else. But every time I see like another chicken sandwich come out and it's like hardcore, like which one is better, yeah. Chick-fil-A or Popeye's chicken or Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever it is, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Which one is better? I'm going <laughs> to eat all the chicken sandwiches and find out for myself. No, yeah. but it's, but it's, there's always, always like a competition. There's always going to be people in your space. So you can't be afraid of that for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if I, there are a gazillion coaches out there, like <laughs> I, I can't be afraid of that. Right. So it's, there's always another chicken sandwich. There's always, you know, Pepsi and Coca-Cola and, you know, 18,000 different water choices right. yeah. you can make when you go to that section and you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's too much actually. Yeah. Alkaline or, yeah. you know, all these different choices that you have. So it's such a uh, innovation going back to that is important because that is how your people are wanting to go. Okay. Are you moving ahead, mm -hmm. you know? So if somebody comes to you and maybe they're, they're at that part of their business. So a little bit further mm -hmm. than the brand new business, maybe they've been going for a little while. So they do have a story. They do have a platform. They do use some tools, but they're like, we got to shake things up. We got to do something here. Yeah. Like what, how do we do that? <laughs> like, yeah. I think, well, I know, I don't remember if you mentioned this at the beginning or when we had chatted previously. Um, it's, I think we're all in a constant state of evolution mm -hmm. um, as individuals, like you as a, a woman outside of your brand, outside of your brand, you're just constantly in evolution. That, that spills over into your brand though. And I don't know if we're harping a little bit too much on like personal development and things. I believe that it's like you said, hands down the best money I've ever invested in myself or my business is my own personal development. Um, and mm -hmm. I can then transmit that change and evolution and those tactics and everything that I'm learning to people that we work with and the clients that we work with. You know, I think that that's beneficial as well. But I think for people who are looking to be innovative, it, it again goes back to being willing to adapt. I think being just and it's uncomfortable, uh, whether in business or in life, it's uncomfortable not to know what comes next. And it's uncomfortable to, to not, you know, it, it feels safe to be like, this is my brand. This is what we offer. That's it. Um, mm -hmm. I think when people are willing to evolve with the times and evolve with the evolution of their audience as well, you know, we aren't the same consumers that we were two years ago before the pandemic happened. We are, I mean, our worlds have been changed and we consume products and services differently. And, brands that are willing to evolve with the times and change their story, I think are the ones that are, are successful. And so I think people 
looking to evolve their business and like shake things up and innovate. It's about getting back to the core of, of who you are. Okay. Like how has your company changed then? How has the company culture changed throughout the pandemic? Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, are you guys willing to present yourselves in a different way? Like what's the new story you're looking to tell? What is, what is different about you now? And I think it all, again, goes back to story and the evolution of that story, whether that's an individual entrepreneur or a large brand. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And we've seen such great examples of how people have capitalized on needs and, and storytelling, you know, I mean, how many of us today, you know, um, use like when Mark Zuckerberg had the idea of Facebook Mm -hmm. or when Jeff Bezos was like, Hey, like people should buy stuff online. Yeah. And then there's, there was so much, I mean, and, and it's funny because we distrust things at first when they're new, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, it happens with every single step as we think about this age that we're in, you know, like when, when you first could buy something online, it'd be like, eh, yeah, it's going to be delayed and mm-hmm. it's not safe to put your credit card information. And then, I mean, every single thing that you could do to deny that. And then, you know, next thing we know, like 99% of your Christmas presents were bought that way. I mean, you know, it's like we, you, it just, it happens like that. And there's so, there's so many things that are, are changing, you know, that if it's not, if it's not you, somebody else is going to answer that question. Believe it. And I think (laughs) for that point though, I think one of the biggest things that I would say is, and I've made this mistake and will probably continue to make it as a business owner, um, is not expecting it like you can't just one day be a brand and then the next day have a whole new story like it's you have to lean into that transformation like you truly have to it is step by step like your brand isn't going to change from you know night to day you know tonight i've got this brand and tomorrow morning it's entirely new it's it's a process and we're working on kind of like participating in the rebrand of a a large application right now and mm-hmm. to have seen them over a literal course of a year do this rebrand it's been so little by little and i mean they've got the money to put i mean they've put a lot of money behind it and wow. to see them little by little develop that new voice like who are we now what are we offering and we've you know worked with them on like okay well this is the new voice guide like it's a little bit witty and then we'll we'll try it out and then we'll adjust it and i think a lot of people particularly entrepreneurs, um, young business owners, like I said, myself included, I've made the mistake. I will probably continue to make the mistake of yeah. thinking that things happen overnight. Right. And, and going back we to the instant gratification. Yeah. And it's like, like you said in the beginning, um, it's, we think that it's a linear, like, okay, I'm going to get this coach. She's going to work with me for a month. Yeah. I'll hit this goal and then I'll be good. And it's like, that's, I mean, I don't, I genuinely don't know anybody who's had it work out that way. And I think, yeah. The more that we learn to understand that it is a process, that it's not at all linear, I think the more that we are able to lean into the process because we're not expecting anything from it. We're just yeah. living it, right? Yeah, we're we're in the moment yeah. and we're learning as we go. You know, I, I, I loved this, this one book. I, I have to go look at the title again, but the whole concept of it was about neutral thinking mm. because we can get caught up in like, well, you don't want to overly 
you know, be positive and then get disappointed, mm -hmm. but you can't be negative Nelly either because that's, that's no fun. You know, that's the terrible mindset to have. So kind of just understanding that different things can happen mm -hmm. and the cards may land where they do, but you've done all the legwork to prepare that, you know, you've got your, your skill and your will and everything is there, yeah. but then there's resiliency. Yeah. Like that resiliency has to kick in because it's not, it's not always going to go as we plan, even when we think we perfectly plan. Right. And you I know, that's what's fascinating to me about the work that you do, for example, uh, like coaches specifically, like mindset coaches, manifestation mm -hmm. coaches, anybody like coaching, like really coaches in general, whether that's like physical fitness coaches as well. Mm -hmm. um, what fascinates me about the entrepreneurial journey and about what coaches do is that I mean, you're not giving, I mean, you give people tools to pull things out of themselves that are already there. Like you're not imprinting something that's not already there. Like we have in our hearts and minds and souls and spirits, everything we need to be successful. And it's just getting rid of the blocks that are preventing us from doing that. And I think that's to me, what is so fascinating about entrepreneurship is that I, I have the determination and the will to do it and the work ethic. I can like rest easy. Like it might not happen when I want it to happen. It might happen a little differently than what I had planned as it would happen. But if I just continue to day after day, put one foot in front of the other, get out of bed and do the work. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, there's literally no way for, mm -hmm. for me to fail. Like there's yeah. absolutely no way there might mm -hmm. be a big obstacle and I'll have to go around it. But like, if I just continue to day in and day out, put the work in and I, I like that, like with coaching, like it's like, teaching people to do that right of yeah you have it just, just you nailed it. it yeah you nailed it it's it's incredible because when i think of the people hundreds of people over the course of so many years that i've been in this space it's all within you everything yeah. there isn't some you know, special like that you can't buy on Amazon. You cannot go and buy the toolkit to, you know, the change my life toolkit. It's okay. it's all the things that you are willing or not willing to do is exactly the results that you get, you know, and that's the I think that's the biggest epiphany that people have. And then mm -hmm. it's like it's either it's funny because it's either marvelous or lackluster meaning it's like oh my gosh this was in me the whole time or like really this was in me the whole time that was, was the like answer. <laughs> seriously and yeah. you know but you're right our upbringings and our experiences create impressions on us and oftentimes create barriers that don't enable us to live into our full potential because just something happened every everyone goes through trauma whether it's little trauma or big trauma and that you know is what prevents us from telling ourselves that we can do certain things because something went awry mm -hmm. so if it went awry that means it's going to again. Right. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest story we have to untell ourselves. Yeah. You know? I think, like it's empowering. I think it's scary at first to realize that because then the responsibility is again, like owning a business entirely on you. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, if I am my only barrier to success, then I don't have an excuse. There's nobody else I can blame this on. Not even people who have caused me trauma in the past, because it's my responsibility as an adult now to, you know, I can't expect them to come back here and work through that trauma in my brain for me. You know, that's my responsibility. And I think when you get past how maybe scary that is, um, it's really empowering because there's literally, you know, I might not be where I want to be yet, but I, I, again, one foot in front of the other day after day, I will show up and do the work. And Mm -hmm. in terms of marketing, I think that that's also what people just don't, don't really understand. And I think it's, it's a journey. It's day by it's day after day investing in strategies that build your business or storytelling or, you know, different offers, different products that you can sell. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also a journey. It's just as much of a journey as anything else. And it's, it's okay that it's a journey. It's not an immediate, you know, Mm -hmm. an immediate kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and it is lifelong. So if anyone is listening, wondering, you know, (laughs) when it ends, it doesn't. (laughs) Our evolution is not over. And and even then, you know, there's, whether you believe in some kind of afterlife, I mean, we're just, you know, these beings that kind of go on and just keep growing. But I definitely want to dig into some questions about you. And the first one, and you had actually highlighted before is this, this, the whole big thing about self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know what's, what's one that you've had to overcome. I'd say the biggest one, and this relates to probably every single human on earth is feeling that I'm worthy of living my dream life. So like, I guess for reference, um, part of the reason why we did also choose to do this business is because we could be location independent. Um, so we want to be location independent, financially independent. We also didn't want there to be any cap on the income that we could make. You know, we don't really have any desire to be, you know, billionaires. Like I don't have a desire to be Jeff Bezos. Um, I just doesn't like, you know, uh, spark anything inside of me, but, um, our dream is to live in Europe, own a house in Italy. Um, travel whenever we want to travel, take our business. If we want to spend, you know, a month in the South of France, it's like, okay, let's go pack up the car. We're good to go. That to me is, is like freedom and independence. And so just like believing that, that, that I was worthy of, 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 of having that life. I think even though you want it and you can say that I want this and I want this, you really do have to dig deep. If, if, if there's consistently blocks in your life that you, you come upon that are preventing you from having that life, there's probably a self-limiting belief there, you know, and it's sometimes very difficult to identify what that is, or even to identify that that's affecting you in the first place. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think getting over the self-limiting belief that, I mean, way back when I quit my job that I wasn't going to be, you know, um, financially stable or successful or wealthy if I didn't work a nine to five, if I didn't scale the corporate ladder, you know, that the big lie, I think that we're all told, which is quite funny because, you know, being, being an entrepreneur, there's no cap on the income that you can make. Like, it's just, it's, it's quite, you know, you're way more better off financially than you would be working for somebody else in a nine to five in most cases. Um, And so I think just believing that I was worthy of, of pursuing that life and that um, when I, it comes and we're quite close to it um, Mm -hmm. when that day comes, like celebrating that I deserve to live in this space right now, like, I deserve to live in this Italian villa. Like I deserve to have this lifestyle and 
really embodying that. I think it sounds quite simple until you yeah. start to do the work in like destroying the self-limiting belief or identifying it. Um, it can come, it, it can sound quite simple, but it, it's, it's big. I, I would assume it could be found that with your clients, oh it's like God. a big just feeling that you're worthy of anything. Worthiness and enoughness. Mm-hmm. Top two. Yeah. You just get to certain places and points where it's just like, you don't feel enough. You don't even feel worthy yeah. of it. And it's, it's all a big lie. <laughs> And it is it, it, like the more I'm sure you yourself over the years, like the more that you get into doing the work to destroy those self-limiting beliefs and like being on an entrepreneurial path and whatever it is, whatever that means for you, um, the like funnier it becomes that we ever believed it, you know? It's, I know. We, yeah. you, can, you can laugh at it when you yeah. learn from it. You know, that's that's part of the process. So I know you've done so many things and traveling has been one of the biggest ones. Um, so I'm very curious about your answer to this. What's one thing on your bucket list? Ooh, like a destination or just in a, anything? Just in general. Doesn't have to be travel. It can be. I, well, this is actually a big one. Um, so I had set out to go to all seven continents before I turned 30. Um, I made it to six before I turned 30 and then the pandemic happened and I've just turned 30 kind of during the pandemic. Um, so maybe before 35, I, I need to make it to Antarctica. Um, but that would be, that would be big for me. Just touching kind of like every part of this world, like seeing it. And there's still obviously lots to explore and, and parts unknown, but to get like a little taste of each each continent of the world, I think to me is is, is good. It's a good goal. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. I just, oh, I, lo- I love hearing that. I think that's so cool to be able to plan for that because I, 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 do, I do feel like travel and being places is- Slowly. Well it, te- well, it just also just teaches you so much, like oh, more yeah. than you think, you oh, know? I think my my travel has probably been the biggest teacher. I mean, investments I've made into myself, like you had said, courses, coaches, therapy. Um, travel as well, though, would probably be tied for number one in, in what's been so transformative for me as a person and as a business owner, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, can I ask you what your bucket list? I want to know what yours is. Yeah. So definitely tra- travel is my thing too. And um, I have to say the Philippines, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's crazy because, and, and I feel I have this little pit every time someone asks me because, about have I been to the Philippines because my father was born there. You know, obviously I have a ton of family that came from there. Um, Hawaii is the other place of origin that many of my family is from, and I go there frequently. Um, but there's there's just some, and now I actually have more connections there um, that there's even more reasons, you know, to go. It's I think that the whole pandemic thing is, is just kind of put a bit of a damper on like very long distance Absolutely. travel. Yeah. I mean, even, even shorter distance travel has been a little bit of a headache to think through because of all the logistics that exist yeah. now. But that, that would be pretty cool to be able to feel that connection, um, you know, culturally in the place where you know, so many things that I learned growing up came from yeah. <laughs> that I that I would actually, you know, see the the birthplace of it. Yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. I think 
sometimes, I don't know if this is your case, I think sometimes we just aren't able to do things until we're ready to do them. So it's like maybe you're learning what you need to learn so you can go and get the most out of the experience when you know your heart and mind are exactly it, right. That hasn't happened yet. I'm sure there's a reason why. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, okay, now I know, you know, yeah. it's a thing, um, especially when the universe like put, you know, these different people in my life where I'm like, oh, there's totally reasons to even go more now. So yeah. I think that's, that's something that's definitely there. Um, you mentioned superpowers, mm -hmm. you know, we all have a special gift. What's yours? That's probably like the best question I've been asked in a while. Um, I think it is my ability to help other people uh, understand and make sense of their stories so that they can share them with the world, which I think in a way is kind of what I thought I was trying to do when I initially developed a passion for film. So I think that that passion was just a little bit misplaced or misguided in film. Um, it's just still a way to do that, to tell stories, right? But I think it's in the ability to make other people feel comfortable enough to, you know, whether that's through my vulnerability and sharing my story, which gives them the, you know, the confidence to share theirs as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would hope that people are feel comfortable enough around me to know that I'm not going to judge and that I'm only here to help them, you know, express themselves. I think we all deserve to have our story be told. And I think we all deserve and, have, you know, deserve to have other people listen to that story, um, whether yeah. that's one person or, you know, millions of people. Yeah. I, I think when we embrace that, like the fact that we have that and it deserves to be told is, is a huge win, <laughs> yeah. you know, be well part of it. And I guess, you know, here's why I say that it's the acceptance, right? Cause sometimes there's parts of our life that we go through. Maybe there was some darkness, sadness, loss of hope. And we think like, ugh, nobody wants to know about that. Like, mm -hmm. that's bad. That's terrible. You know, but people need to know about that. That's what I think we all want to know about. Like, I want to hear about your darkness. Like, I want to hear about your struggles because that makes me feel feel more connected to you as a human being. And I think that that's to everybody's greater good to understand that, mm -hmm. you know, our stories and struggles are largely quite similar, you know, some a lot yeah. more than others. And depending on where you had the great fortune of being born into in the, in the world, you know, which country you were born into, um, it changes mm -hmm. greatly. But I think we all crave that. I think we all crave, again, I mean, bringing it back even around to, to branding and marketing and entrepreneurship, you know, we're just mm -hmm. kind of trying to express ourselves in a way that, that it's like, well, this is my human experience. This is how I experience. And, and when I tell my story, I'm expressing that to other people so that they can hear it and feel seen and understood as well. And I can, you know, it's, it's vice versa. It goes both ways. Yeah. I, and I think that's why I prefer to hear the stories that bring us together because everything that we see, especially in the media, uh, like the TV media is meant to pull you apart. Very divisive. Yeah, right? for sure. So it's like, I think we find the common thread, mm -hmm. you know, that somebody, you know, who believes this or is, you know, has a different way of thinking. Um, we've had some shared experiences that actually make us more alike 
than different. So I, I think that's so true. Elizabeth, if there was one last piece of advice that you had to give to anyone listening, what would that be? I think it's just start, make one little step towards pursuing whatever your dream life looks like to you. And that doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. It doesn't have to be owning a business or doing anything like that. I, I don't think that's for everybody. Whatever that means to you, put one foot in front of the other and start today. You know, like make one step and then tomorrow make one other step. I think the key though is to start. I quit my job in 2015 and wish I had done it. I wish I'd never even gone into the corporate world, you know, and the earlier that I, I, I would have started, the, the, they're just lessons that you have to learn, I think, that are inevitable. And the quicker mm -hmm. you start, the quicker you can learn those and get them out of the way. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're worthy of living your dream life. And I would encourage you to just start today. If you if there was just one thing you took away from this podcast, <laughs> it'd be that you're worthy. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, that's, but that's, that's it, so it applies to entrepreneurship. It applies. It, it just applies to everything. Work. Yeah. Like you are worthy. You're inherently worthy, not because you do own a business or because you have earned six figures. Like you're just worthy because you're a human being, you know, do it. Like do you deserve to chase your dreams, whatever, whatever that means for you. Yes. Yes. How, how can people connect with you? How can they follow you? Um, so, I mean, I do have Instagram, obviously it's Elizabeth Thorne. Um, it's private. If you want to follow me, you can request, um, for like more like spiritual stuff, things like that. But, um, Sherpa way marketing, I guess we're all on all social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, um, definitely not TikTok. It's, it feels a little bit young for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've got SherpaWayMarketing.com. We are a bilingual agency as well. So for any Spanish speakers out there, we have Spanish language materials as well, so that you can connect with us. It's not not a barrier. Yeah, yeah. Spanish in the house. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I think it's the most beautiful language on the planet. That's it's, why I like it's everything, beautiful. even when it's angry, sounds better in Spanish. I, I agree, and I'm not just saying that because my husband is a native speaker. <laughs> it does. It's a beautiful it idea. really does. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'd rather hear it in Spanish. It just, just doesn't sound as good in English. Yeah. I, just, I just can't deal with it. <laughs> um, but that, no, but that's awesome. And I'm glad you said to hear from a marketing person that it's okay that you don't have TikTok. Like it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, our, yeah. Our target demographic's not on there. I don't want to be on there. I don't want to make TikToks. <laughs> and it's like, that's cool. You don't have to, if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It seems super fun, but it all seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. I'm, at this point, like I said, I just turned 30 and I just think that that's, we're never too old for anything, but it, yeah, it's just not my, not my thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. I, I am so grateful for all the time that you've given. I, I just, there's just some people that you meet and you just know that there's like a kindred spirit there that you could talk to for hours. And I just, the, the moment that I've talked to you, I was like, oh my gosh, I would totally go to Columbia and like hang out. That's the same. Well, you're invited. If you ever want to come. I'm yeah, like, for sure. Coffee? Show me what's going on. Over yeah, to coffee. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I feel the same. I'm, I'm grateful that I got the chance to speak with you and yeah, it's been great. It's been so cool. Thank you. Elizabeth. Thank you. Yeah. Elizabeth is one of the most awesome people that I've had the pleasure of connecting with. We could talk for hours 
that legitimately could have been a three-hour podcast. It, I would, I could have gone Joe Rogan on you, y'all, like for real. <laughs> I just, uh, we connect on so many levels. Uh, there are so many things that I could say about the episode, but here's what I want to uh, give you the biggest reflection point on, and it is intentionally thinking about your dreams. I am so intrigued by Elizabeth because as much as she talked about fear growing up, she has done some remarkable things um, in her 30 years of being able, she's been to six continents, six continents. That is so cool. And she's absolutely right. We can live our dreams. And my question for you is what, and, and maybe we can simplify just to make it real because sometimes it's hard to think about so, so far from now, six months from now, what do you want your life to look like six months from now? How much money is it that you want to save or invest? What do you want your relationships to look like? What things or activities in the world do you want to have accomplished? What do you want to do for yourself? Take some time. Reflect on that. Write it down. Talk about it with a friend. We don't dream enough. Get bogged down in the day-to-day. Just, just thinking about making it to tomorrow. Life is meant to be fun. It's one of the core things that I just truly believe we have to keep at the essence of what we do. You you have to learn anyways. You're going to make some mistakes along the way. You might as well have fun learning. You might as well have fun doing it. Think about that today. Think about what you want your life to look like six months from now. So by the time we're in summer, okay, the season of summer, June, July, period. What does that look like? So that's what I'm leaving you with today. There's obviously so many other things that I could say, but I'm just keeping it simple. I am very grateful for this journey. This podcast has been uh, an opportunity for me to reflect, for me to grow, for me to meet and network with some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my whole life. Um, And it has been less than a year of doing the show. Uh, This is episode 60. Uh, So we are just learning a lot together. (laughs) Every single episode, every single week, I, I feel very blessed. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very, very much for being here. Thank you for subscribing, following, listening, sharing. Uh, thank you for the messages that I get. It, it means a whole lot, a whole lot. This has definitely turned into more than I thought in the best way possible. So with that, before I get too emotional here, (laughs) remember that you are your only limit. You truly are your only limit limit. So take action today. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next time for another inspiring episode of the Born Unbreakable 
podcast.